Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That's a freak with two E's. It's a long explanation. Anyways, I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today on episode number 52. 52 episodes in. And we're taking kind of a little bit of a break during this kind of break that we have with the NFL. This is what I call the dead period these few weeks before training camps began, although one training camp actually began today. The Broncos are the first to report, so that's pretty exciting. We're going to start to get some real news about things that are happening on the field. But until that time, we just kind of wait. And so I thought what I would do during this period of time was actually give you a little bit of detail about some of my strategies and philosophies, particularly with each offensive position. And so my hope is that the articles that I produce in these podcasts will help you make better decisions in this coming year that will help balance out your rosters and put you in a better position to become a dynasty in your leagues. If you listened last week, I covered the quarterback position. Uh, This week, I'm actually going to talk about the tight end position. So two of the smaller uh, rostered positions, quarterback and tight end. So these podcasts will be a little bit shorter. This will probably be just a you know short 10-minute version. But I hope it gives you some food for thought and helps you think about strategies for developing your uh, rosters in the tight end position specifically. So I'm going to give you six tips, things that I try to do with my rosters at the tight end position. And then afterward, I'll actually share who my players are that I have uh, that I'm rostering right now in the six dynasty leagues that I'm a part of. I would recommend that you go to the website, go to dynastyfreaks.com and read the article that I'll be posting along with this uh, podcast because seeing them in front of you is going to be a little bit easier, I think, to uh, see what my rosters look like at the tight end position than it will be just me listing names in a podcast version. So I would encourage you to do that as well. So let's let's look into it. Here's some of my philosophy when it comes uh, to tight ends. First, let's just talk about roster management. Uh, I like to have uh, three tight ends on my roster. Like, that's my ideal. You guys know that I play in 30, 30, 27 to 30 man rosters. So, pretty big rosters, what I call a true dynasty league. And as such, uh, I've got to, I try to have about 10% of my roster, so three players. You'll see here in a minute that I do actually have a few exceptions, and there are a few, a few two leagues right now where, where I currently roster four tight ends. But trust me when I say I've been trying hard to trade a tight end. I'm looking at you, Kyle Rudolph and Trey Burton. (laughs) I cannot seem to move you guys in my league. So there are a few cases where I'm stuck with four, but I really prefer to have three. In my uh, 27-man roster league, um, I had just two tight ends that I rostered all year long uh, before picking up a rookie in Dawson Knox in the rookie draft this last year. So currently I have three in that one. Uh, finally, in my 20-man FFPC, so that's a much thinner roster, um, I think I'll, even though it's tight end premium, I still only own two tight ends in that league, uh, Travis Kelsey and Dallas Goddard. So um, that's kind of how it looks. About 10% of my roster I want to be tight ends. But now here's the type of players that I want to have. That's where these next few, few uh, bullet points that I'll give you. First is I do like to have an every week starter. This is not a position that I like to stream because I feel like when you're streaming tight end, you tend to guess wrong all the time. So I really like to have a guy that's like a perennial top 10 tight end, like every year finishes in the top 10. 
someone that I can start very confidently in all of my leagues and just kind of lock and load. Just put him in that position and leave him there, except for when you have to take him out during that one bye week. Hopefully you stay healthy and you've got one guy that just plays every single week for you. That's really what, what I aim to do is have like a top 10 tight end that I start every week. Now you'll see when you look at my rosters, I've been able to do this. And you might call to question, though, that in two of my leagues, you'll see that my guy that I consider this top 10, you know, guy that I start confidently is Jared Cook. And I'll be the first to admit that um, I was not so sure about that. In one of those leagues, I actually had uh, Kittle, and I traded Kittle away because Cook was emerging so strong last year in Oakland. Um, I love that he landed in New York, New Orleans, and so it's, odds are that he's still going to be a top 10 tight end, but you never know. He's definitely my one guy that doesn't quite fit to the exception to this rule, but you'll see from the rest of my teams that I have a guy that's just a lock and load. You just you put him in there, no doubt about it, he's going to be starting for you. Um, that's what, am I, what I'm trying to do with the number one of those three that I like to roster. I like to have one that's an every week starter. Secondly, uh, the third point that I'll make is I like to have a veteran backup meaning I like to have the number two tight end on my roster, be someone that's reliable, someone that's probably in that 10 to 20, maybe even 10 to 25 range, uh, year to year, week to week, that is not going to kill you if you have to start him, but the type of guys that you just, those are the streaming kind of guys, right, where you just, if you kind of lump them all together, and if you had only those guys on your team, these tight end twos on your team, you'd be guessing every week which one. But I do like to have someone with some experience like that to be a backup in case my starting tight end got injured the one that's my every week starter got injured, then I'd want to have a veteran that would back him up, someone that I could really trust. Fourth point that I'll make is then my third, I like to have a developmental guy on my team. So tight ends take a few years to reach their potential, right? We know it's like the slowest um, slowest kind of growth curve to, to being able to t- discern whether this is going to be a, a tight end that can start eventually for your fantasy teams or not. Tight ends take a while. In almost every case, there's been a few exceptions, of course, So because of that, I like to have a developmental guy on my team. So that third tight end that I roster is usually someone that is younger, has yet to prove themselves, but I believe has high upside, and you're just kind of holding, waiting to see if they can move into that tight end two category and just kind of be like a solid backup for you. Or really what you're hoping is that one of these guys will actually move into that top ten category and become like an every week starter. Which brings me to my next point, is that I I, uh, rarely draft a tight end early in our rookie drafts. Um, in rookie drafts, I'll rarely draft a tight end in round one or round two. I've done it on occasion. I think I think the only one I can actually think of is one time I think I grabbed Evan Ingram in the second round of that year because it just felt like he was falling uh, too much for me. Um, I just feel like there's too many running backs, too many wide receivers in those rounds to take a chance on tight ends, which take longer to develop. I love being able to just hold a guy for a year or two and then knowing if they're going to keep being part of my team or not. It's hard to do that often with tight ends. Um, I find it, I also find that later round tight ends, particularly if they're on teams where it looks like they have an opportunity to play quickly based on the depth chart, those are the type of guys that I like to get. So for instance, you'll see the, the guys that I have in this kind of developmental area that I talked about on my team, they're guys that I drafted and or picked up off the waiver wire um, at the end of last year's to kind of be that develop, developmental tight end for me. But I like to weigh uh, who I try to pick in the draft or off waivers based on the opportunity that I think that they're going to have. Because if they have a lot of opportunity, you're going to find out pretty quick whether they're worth holding or not. Whereas if you pick someone up that's kind of buried behind a more solidified tight end, uh, I think then you're in trouble because you're not going to get the time to to see if this person is valuable or not. So that's why I have guys like Ian Thomas. Grabbed a lot of him um, in a draft, and I picked a lot of him up off the waiver wire actually last year. Uh, Ian Thomas, you know, um, sitting there – just in Carolina, easily going to take the uh, the reins there. 
and probably the year to come. Um, and we've also got, I've got Irv Smith on my team. Uh, I actually drafted him later in the draft in one of my drafts this year, largely because that was when I was hearing that uh, Rudolph was likely going to be traded. Ended up, the, they re-signed Rudolph, so Irv Smith might not be the best situation for me, but that was my idea behind it. And then I've got guys like Dawson Knox on my team, who I've really picked because of the opportunity he had there in Buffalo because there's no real standout tight end in Buffalo, and Dawson Knox will prove whether or not he's going to be a starting tight end or could be a fantasy asset pretty quickly, I think. So that's how I look at that third position. I rarely draft tight ends early, like in round one or two, but I'll draft a tight end in the rookie draft late, particularly based on if I think they're going to have opportunity to show something quickly. Final thing that I'll mention, my philosophy by way of tight ends, is that I grab tight ends off the waiver wire often. Um, I feel like that's just a great spot that, that I always be kind of scouring the waiver wire, noticing guys that start to stand out, putting them on my watch list so that I kind of have them at the top of my queue of players to consider uh, picking up off the waiver wire. I feel like tight ends take so long to develop that owners actually become really impatient with them. And so a lot of guys that get drafted in the rookie drafts and or maybe year two guys, if they don't show something and, and someone has a good tight end, usually when they're making their own waiver wire moves, they're much more willing to part with a tight end. And so anytime someone parts with a tight end that I had some interest in, and I make sure to, to add them to my scout team and watch team. And, and then near the end of the year in particular, I like to add a lot of drop tight ends to my, uh, to my team. For instance, I did this at the end of the year a few years ago with Trey Burton, you know, when he was playing pretty well with Philadelphia when Ertz was hurt. Um, then I love just kind of adding him on a couple of my teams at the end of the year, knowing he was a free agent when he went to Chicago, his value uh, rose quite a bit. I did the same thing with Ian Thomas last year when he just kind of wasn't quite proving it, although at the end of the year with Olsen Hurt, he actually did pretty well. Um, that's probably the time that I picked him up, you know, when he started showing that. You know that Olsen's likely going to retire. Um, look for teams like that just to pick guys up off the waiver wire, particularly when it looks like they're going to have an opportunity to either move to another team via free agency or if it's possible that the guy in front of them is going to retire like we thought that Greg Olson might. So let me get just a little look at what my tight end rooms look like in my six leagues. Like I said before, this would be better if you just go to the website and actually look at the article. I think you'll be able to get an idea of the players that I value because I own a lot of the same players at the tight end position you'll see. But for the sake of the podcast, I'll at least read them to you. I have a league called the Keeper League. The Keeper League is a 10-team, 30-man roster league where I have Zach Ertz, Jack Doyle, and Ian Thomas. So you can see my strategy kind of employed there. Like I've got I've got definitely number one guy start every week, Ertz. I've got Doyle as a, a safe veteran. Of course, if you follow, my, follow me very much, I'm very high on Jack Doyle. I have him still as a top 12 uh, tight end overall. So I actually think he's much more that, better, much better than just kind of a stable um, number two tight end. And I've got Ian Thomas. That's my young guy in a keeper league that I'm – kind of employing that same strategy that I want to use. Then I have a league called the Die Hard League, and the Die Hard League is a 12-team league with 27-man rosters, uh, so pretty pretty uh, busy, pretty thick league, 340 or so players rostered right now. But in that league, I have Jared Cook, Jack Doyle, and Dawson Knox. So same thing there, though you could argue, like I already said before, that maybe Cook isn't as safe as a top 10. But between him and Doyle, I might have to play a little bit of uh, – might have to play a little bit of – uh, streaming with those guys if Cook doesn't, you know, just come out guns blazing in New Orleans. We'll see. I have another league called the Freak League. Freak League is 10-team, 30-man roster. Um, this league I have George Kittle as that number one guy that I like. Then it's kind of veteran backup and Kyle Rudolph. And I've actually got two of the young guys, Ian Thomas and Chris Herndon. 
like I said before, I've been trying like crazy to trade Kyle Rudolph because I'd feel fine with Herndon and Thomas and really just having two developmental guys, particularly if I had Kittle like I do. Um, but I can't get a trade done for him, so I'm hoping that maybe someone will get injured during this preseason, and maybe that'll be the time where I could finally move Rudolph off my roster. Or for that matter, I'd be willing to get rid of the younger guys if someone wanted one of them. Good Times League is a 10-team league, 30-man roster. Like here I have Jared Cook, Trey Burton, Ian Thomas, and Er Smith Jr. So again, breaking my rule a little bit here by having four guys on my squad, but I was trying to trade Trey Burton uh, throughout the offseason too. I couldn't find any, any uh, takers there. Definitely see him as just kind of a middle-of-the-pack guy. Again, hope, hoping that Cook can be that every week starter. I don't know. Uh, again, you see my love for Ian Thomas. He's on so many of my teams and this was the occasion where I did draft Irv Smith Jr., uh, largely because during the rookie draft, it really looked like Kyle Rudolph was going to be traded. So my Reality Sports Online team, uh, this one's a little bit different because uh, you have to cut down your rosters. It's a 12-team league with 24-man rosters. Because it's a salary cap league, everyone has a different amount of players rostered, but my buddy Dave Brown and I, we actually have 20 players rostered already. So when we have our free agency draft here in a couple weeks, we can only pick up four guys. So we're only going to pick up four guys during the free agency auction. But right now, we're sitting with O.J. Howard as our tight end that we have under contract. So happy to have a guy that fits in that, you know, no doubt, start him every week category. We'll probably try to pick up one, if not two, uh, guys that kind of fit in that middle tier or young guy strategy, like I said, during our uh, rookie auction that we have, or not rookie auction, during our free agency auction that we have coming up. And finally, my FFPC league, this is the tight end premium league with a 12-team league but very thin rosters with only 20-man rosters. And so in this league, with 1.5 points per reception, I have Travis Kelsey and Dallas Goddard. So they're going to feel comfortable starting Kelsey every single week. He's going to be awesome for me in that league. And I remember near the end of the draft, this is my most recent startup draft that I did, uh, picked up Goddard pretty late, uh, largely uh, because I think he's a good asset to hold should Ertz get hurt or down the road that he'll really replace Ertz in this dynasty league. So there we have it. That's my uh, tight end philosophy. Hope that it's helped you as you think about your teams, and maybe you can start to layer your tight ends like I do. Try to get an every week starter, a good backup, and then get a developmental guy, someone that you can hope that can rise in the rankings and become one of those top 10 type of players. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks.com. That's freaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter, but you can email me anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. You know, I've been building the website and podcast for about a year now. I really wanted there to be a year's worth of content on the site before promoting it so that you can see if I can't be your most uh, trustworthy, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. So go check out my articles, and you could do me a big help now that I'm starting to promote the website by rating and reviewing uh, the podcast on iTunes. That would be really, really help me out. I'd love it if you take the chance to do that, and if you do, I'll read uh, your rate or your review on the podcast. So I could get you a little shout-out if you do it for me. I appreciate you listening. Thanks for your support. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.